It's Qatar. It's the Netherlands. It's Senegal. And it's Ecuador. It's Group A. And it's the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. It's the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. Part three of this media cast. Um, uh, starts with a summary uh, of each team and um, a little comment on their form going into the cup. And let's begin with uh, Qatar. So prior to 2019, they were a second-tier team and had done well to rise to that level. 1990 saw a spike in performance that almost saw them reach the World Cup, but otherwise the bottom half of the final group stage of World Cup qualifying and quarterfinal finishes in the 20, uh, 2002 and 2017 Asian Cups seemed a ceiling. Uh, the 2019 Asian Cup, though, was impressive, and so was, to varying, varying degrees, the many competitions they joined in preparation for the 2022 World Cup. They are at a peak of strength currently, but questions remain. Have they reached the level they aspire to? Um, going into the World Cup? Um, and is that their only current concern? In the longer term, will they remain among the top Asian teams when it's all over? It'll be interesting to see uh, how this current exertion affects their overall history. The money and effort Qatar put into developing the team for the 2022 World Cup really overshadows everything and makes irrelevant their historical strength coming into this period and what their future will look like afterwards. If they aspired to be among the top teams in the Cup, that seems to have fallen short as they were no match in South America and in European friendlies, uh, even with uh, the second-tier teams of those regions. They did seem competitive with top teams in Asia and Africa and with second-tier teams in Central America, but those are teams uh, that often struggle at the World Cup finals. Uh, they likely aspire to bring their form to a respectively competitive level at the World Cup, and as far as that goes, they seem to have done about as much as they can do. Uh, right, so would you say they would be uh, just satisfied uh, passing the group stage or would a round of 16 uh, exit or a group stage exit be a, be a big disappointment? I think passing the group stage would be a good achievement. I mean, in, in a sense, that puts them in the top 16 teams in the world. Um, you know, hosting obviously has an advantage. Um, I think they um, will would certainly want to be keen to avoid the shame of being knocked out as a host um, in the group stage, which only one other country has done, that was South Africa. Um, but I think if they get out of the group, there'll be a bit of relief. And then from there, maybe see how it goes. Right. Okay. Well, we'll talk more later, but uh, let's go to a summary and a look at the recent form of the Netherlands. So Netherlands was a weak team in the early years. Uh, that they reached two World Cups uh, before the war is a bit deceptive since they played and lost only one game in each of them. They remained a non-entity uh, after the war uh, until 1974, actually, when they burst onto the scene. Great success in that decade ended as suddenly as it began, 
And they went back to being a weak team until a surprise Euro Cup win set them on track for the next 25 years. That was in 1988. Uh, uh, since then, they never fell at the group stage in all those years with only one blip of not reaching the World Cup in 2002. But that lapse perhaps hinted at a defining feature from 2012, where infighting within the team was at least part of the problem. After a terrible period from 2015, uh, missing three major tournaments in a row, they seemed to be finding their form again, passing the group stage in 2020 and qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. That they fell so unexpectedly in the round of 16 in 2020 is a worry, uh, showing them still capable of, catast uh, of catastrophic losses. Um, perhaps um, a factor in that was, again, the team dynamic, because there was a lot of dissent over the manager, at least among the fans. Uh, their consistent play, though, in Euro European Nations League action is the form they want going forward. All right. Uh, okay, let's move straight on to Senegal uh, with a summary uh, and then a look at their form. So they've had three periods of strength, though only two of them really reflected in the World Cup. Uh, a good start in the African Cup doesn't really count as it was too short. Uh, it was better than the long week period that followed, though. The early 90s saw three trips in a row beyond the group stage of the African Cup, but that didn't reflect in World Cup play. Uh, four trips past the African Cup group stage from 2000 to 2006 reflected only in their 2002 World Cup appearance, though they did reach the quarterfinals in an impressive showing there. The third strong period is the current times, and arguably the strongest, with an African Cup title, and for the first time, two trips in a row to the World Cup. After a flat period from 2008 to 2015, they finally passed a group stage of the African Cup in 2017. They also reached the World Cup in 2018 for the first time since 2002. They've grown even stronger with a second place and a first place finish in the African Cup, which was their first title. And shortly after, they reached a second World Cup in a row, so they really are at a peak of performance. Okay, and finally, Ecuador. Uh, the discrepancy between the successful World Cup record in recent years contrasted with a poor Copa America record, which is often put down to their home form. They play at so, uh, such a high altitude that visitors struggle. While that's true, a close examination shows that to be a bit too simplistic because the pattern doesn't always hold. Though very much better at home, they do lose some games there, and in other high-altitude countries like Bolivia, uh, they, um, they also don't always do well. And more to the point, they do win some road games in their successful World Cup campaigns and uh, notably earn some points, uh, even some wins, in every World Cup final that they have reached. Regardless, they do consistently underperform in Copa America campaigns, and their atrocious record there is uncanny and not in line with the greater, uh, greater strength shown outside of that competition. Yeah, they are a bit of an enigma. Mm -hmm. um, the differing fortunes in World Cup versus uh, Copa America play seem to come into line in 2016, where they proved the competitive middling team that they have shown in World Cup play. But a ghastly World Cup campaign in 2018 argued they were, in fact, the weak team in the region that their poor Copa America record show. 
More recent campaigns only confuse the issue further and perhaps bolster the altitude advantage argument, uh, even if it's not consistent enough to be a predictive tool. All right. Well, that that predictive tool would suggest that they will do poorly here. But let's uh, take a look at their rankings. How FIFA and what we consider the more reliable ELO rankings uh, place where they place these teams. Yeah, so Qatar, of course, are the pot one team as host. So that's a significant advantage in itself. Um, they were 51st at the time of the FIFA draw, but are currently 49th in FIFA and 48th in ELO. Um, and that is, um, yeah, so the two systems are in agreement there. Um, they actually uh, rose dramatically uh, following their Asian Cup win, as to be expected, kind of rising to 55th and as high as 28th in ELO. Um, and previously, they were kind of a team that often sat around the, the 100 mark or, or a little bit higher in the ELO system. Yeah, we saw in the uh, history there that they really were not a factor, even in, in Asian soccer, uh, until really until they started preparing for this World Cup. So, uh, yeah, below 100 in FIFA rankings and close to that in ELO rankings for most of their history. Uh, okay, how about Netherlands? So Netherlands are the pot two team. They're currently ranked eighth by FIFA and sixth in the ELO system. Um, their ranking over time kind of reflects their up and down history. Uh, they were second in the world in both systems uh, following their World Cup um, final loss in 2010, then sunk dramatically through those non-qualifications at the 32nd and 17. Um, but they've risen again recently, um, perhaps on the, on the back of some good Nations League play. Yeah, I agree with ELO rankings there. You know, that says they sunk as low as 17th. And uh, even though they, they were not kind of making tournaments, uh, they were still a, a fairly strong team. So uh, I wouldn't say 32nd uh, at any point in their recent history was would be really where they were at. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I see them as consistently top 20 and, and often or sometimes top 10 and um, yeah, both systems agree that they're there now. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how they do in this cup, having not reached uh, three tournaments in a row before this. Uh, oh, okay, we're not on to head-to-head. We're uh, doing Senegal's uh, rankings. Yeah, Senegal, the pot three team, they're 18th in FIFA and 36th in ELO. Um, yeah, so they, of course, have... Uh, have risen as well given their their strong regional cup play current uh, defending african cup champions um the fifa system tends to be a bit more reactive and and has kind of seen a sharper rise following those successes um but they've actually been kind of consistently higher in the fifa rankings um kind of around the 20 mark and closer to the 30s um in elo yeah uh you know senegal's uh, uh, fans have always seemed to kind of think that they they're, they're a better team than, than there was actually evidence for. And uh, it didn't come up in this, uh, uh, in this uh, podcast, but um, I think in one of the African Cup podcasts we did, there was a, a, a detail about the fans rioting when they lost to Ivory Coast or a fairly uh, competitive team. And that, that always baffled me that, uh, you know, the fans' expectations that, they, they should be beating a team uh, as good as Cameroon or Ivory Coast or whoever it was. Uh, but it's actually only in recent times that they have they have been the teams, and maybe in 2002, 
you know, but they've never really been a top team in Africa uh, apart from those two periods. Yeah, they are currently the top ranked of the African teams that made this tournament. Would you agree with that? Oh, I think they're definitely the strongest African team right now uh, over the last few years. Uh, yeah. I just don't think that they've they've you know uh, they've been a top uh, a top say top team in Africa uh, the way their fans, <laughs> but rioting in the streets over a loss suggests that they think uh, you know Senegal is really a top team. Yeah. The last team is Ecuador. They're from pot four. Uh, they're 44th um, in FIFA uh, currently and are 18th in ELO. So kind of a, a marked discrepancy there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, they've shown a, a kind of a, a recent improvement on the on the back of a strong World Cup qualification campaign. Um, you agree more with either the FIFA or ELO at, um, system here? I think uh, what they finished fourth in South America. I think um, basically the fourth place team in South America is probably worthy of being in the cup and are among the top 32 teams in the world. So I think uh, 44th is a bit too low, but I think 18th is a bit too high. How about you? Yeah, I, I find kind of somewhere in between kind of the, the sweet spot for them. A little surprised by Elo. Um, but also a little bit surprised by FIFA that they're they're not there. They do do well in World Cups, but perhaps the the lack of agreement kind of comes out of that uh, discrepancy in form that they show in World Cup and um, you know Copa America play. Maybe even the systems don't really know how to deal with such a yeah yeah. I mean that that 2018 qualifying campaign was incredible. With during the space of that uh, qualification, two really strong periods and two really weak periods. How do you rank a team like that? Yeah. And then, you know, their home and away, uh, their home and away thing also makes it difficult to, uh, to rank. All right, well, let's move on to the head-to-head. -head, and uh, this is going to be a really long discussion, I think. Yeah, actually not. Um, none of these teams have ever met each other uh, in uh, competitive play before. Uh, perhaps not a surprise, as these are teams that kind of throughout the histories haven't qualified for all that many World Cups. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, the record will start, I guess, come November. But uh, yeah, no no head to head to speak of, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> well, that ends that discussion. We'll uh, take a look at the. Um, I want to start with no. We'll uh, move on to odds, and then maybe talk about the table that they came from. Uh, so what we did for odds, we're not encouraging gambling here, uh, but we do want to see what the uh, odds makers, there's money on the line, so they're going to be careful about the predictions that they make. So we uh, we took the numbers from, I think, five websites, and then we took the, the three most uh, outside ones and put them together to come up with our own little... Uh, algorithm on uh, the odds to qualify. So these are the odds to advance from the group. Yeah, so Qatar is given just a 16% likelihood of advancing from the group. Uh, the Netherlands are 89%. Um, so, yeah, strongly favored to, to pass the group stage. Senegal have 57% odds and Ecuador 50%. All right, well, let's... Um... Let's begin the discussion there. Uh, uh, do you agree with those odds, Connor? Um, I don't. I, I think. Um, I mean, I think Netherlands will be favoured to to win the group. Um, 
but they've proven a bit of an inconsistent team. Um, but yeah, I, I think Qatar being underestimated. Um, it's interesting actually to compare Senegal and um, and Ecuador because in the FIFA rankings, Senegal are 18th and Ecuador 44th. So it's a clear advantage for Senegal. But in ELO, Ecuador 18th and Senegal 36th. So that's wow. a clear advantage for Ecuador. So some of the discrepancy there it kind of averages out to Senegal and Ecuador being about equal, you know, roughly equal odds or similar odds to advance. But even there, I don't entirely agree as I would favor Senegal more. Uh, sorry, you, you favor, well, the odds do favor Senegal a bit more there. Yeah, I, w- I think the gap perhaps should be wider. I oh. think Senegal coming in as strong as they are, um, gotcha. yeah, probably more more chance of advancing than Ecuador. But yeah, yeah. What, what is your take? I mean, I have to agree with you about the Netherlands because, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, Belgium in Group 3, and we won't go into too much detail, but it's Belgium, Croatia, uh, Morocco, and Canada. They're given a 90% or 90 or 91% chance. Brazil is with uh, Switzerland, Serbia, and Cameroon. Uh, they're given a 90, 91% chance. I don't think Netherlands is even close to that, uh, given their lapses, uh, uh, both in cups and in qualifying. I think, um, you know, there's a much stronger possi- possibility uh, of them dropping points to these teams and possibly not even passing. Do you see Netherlands as uh, not passing? Do you think there's a way there? I don't, and I think, um, I mean, there's not really a true pot one team. Each of the teams comes from relatively the top of their pot, but Qatar being the host, um, you know, it's kind of a, it's a different kind of home field advantage that favors Qatar, but but Netherlands are, are the only top 10 team in the world in this group, and I think that's fair. Um, they don't kind of have really a true um, pot one team to play against, so I think Netherlands, who who could find themselves as a, as a pot one team themselves quite realistically. I think they, they are the heavy favorites to advance and, and probably win the group as well. Yeah. I mean, certainly they do have a, a bit of an advantage. As you say, they're pretty close to pot one themselves, but they are pot two. And uh, had they not been put with a uh, host guitar, they would have been put with a team like, you know, Brazil or Argentina, Spain, something like that. And uh, it would have been a much tougher group for them but yeah i gotta say given the um given the group they're in uh i do think 89 is a, is a bit high but um would be a bit of a surprise uh, for them not to pass the not to pass the group stage having said that um uh you know european teams uh um uh in history at least uh, didn't do as well in cups outside of europe as they've done in cups uh, uh, within Europe. Uh, having said that, though, Netherlands uh, did uh, did uh, beat um, Brazil uh, uh, in in the 2014 World Cup, and they beat Spain 5-1. So who knows? Um, they also tend to kind of have strong group stages, and if they do lapse, it tends to be a bit later in the process. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. Um, in terms of Qatar, I mean, they haven't been in a World Cup before, so some may think of them as a bit of an unknown entity. But that's only if you haven't been paying attention to what they've been doing for the last several years, where they've played a lot of games and played a lot of tournaments. Um, you know, you and I have watched Qatar ourselves, and they're they're quite an impressive team. 
Um, and not only that, but they have a, really a core of players and some very good ones who've been playing together now for a very long time. So team unity, I don't, I don't think any team can boast the team unity um, that Qatar has. Um, you know, all their players play domestically as well. Um, but they've really been building towards this um, and they're going to give it a good shot. So what do you think about uh, Qatar in this World Cup? Yeah, I first of all, I think this rating of 16% uh, is way too low because I give them a fairly equal, uh, a fairly equal event, uh, a chance as, as Ecuador. And, you know, maybe slightly below Senegal, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if as hosts they uh, overcome Senegal. And uh, I think you really put your finger on something there with the team unity. Uh, we've seen how uh, Uruguay, which also has about 2.5 million citizens, uh, have done in the World Cup, and they've often done it through uh, being a very tight team. So I think teams like Uruguay and Wales and, and Canada, I'm happy to say, um, tend to be better than the sum of their parts. And uh, I think Qatar could really surprise at this World Cup. Yeah, I, I do think that the the race that the race for second place is kind of a three way race between Qatar, Senegal, and Ecuador. Um, Senegal are African champions. Uh, they've proven to be fairly strong and consistent, and beat a lot of other top African teams recently. So, you know, I think a lot of people will will favor them, and perhaps rightly so. And I think in terms of just just players, some of the players they have playing on top teams in, in Europe and, and elsewhere, they're a very impressive team right now, and they've, yeah. they've shown it. Um, but, yeah, by um, far the strongest African team, I would say. Yeah, but they were a little bit flat in, in the 2018 World Cup. It was a group that they were very capable of getting out of, nearly did, but it was kind of disappointing for them there. I think they'll carry a lot of hopes to get out of this group, but... It's going to be tough against the hosts. Um, I think a lot comes down to their match against Qatar. Um, and that's actually the, the second game for both teams. Um, but it could come down to that one. I, I see Ecuador as a, as a little bit further behind just because, you know, Senegal are at a very strong point and have some top players. Qatar being at home and all the preparation that's gone into this. I think Ecuador are, are probably in a little bit tough, but I, yeah. I think it could come down to Qatar and Senegal for second place. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good point. You know, um, uh, the obviously Qatar have uh, the climate or the you know the the weather advantage, being familiar with the climate. I think Senegal have probably played quite a few games in a climate like that, whereas Ecuador, uh, you know, may be taken by surprise by it. Possibly Netherlands, uh, possibly the Netherlands too. Another thing you said that is. Uh, you know, even in the African Cup win, Senegal was kind of uh, flat. I mean, they they have the odd moment where they're like, oh, my God, they're so impressive. Uh, but those moments are few and far between. And if you look at the African Cups, it was kind of one nothing wins uh, all the way to the to the last two finals. And I was always kind of waiting for them to show their stuff because they have those talented players uh, that you talk about. But um you know, apart from Sadio Mane, it's 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 kind of uh, uh, very brief where they really uh, kick into gear and show their stuff. And it is a bit worrying that they didn't do that in the 2018 World Cup too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to also respond. I, I also think it's a bit of a three-way 
uh, a bit of a three-way battle for second place. Uh, but I think uh, um, there are other groups uh, that we're, we're, we're going to say that about. Uh, I think, though, Netherlands uh, is is more um, susceptible to giving up a few points there than, than some of the other teams uh, in other groups, some of the other top teams in other groups. I agree. I don't see the Netherlands winning all three games. I think, you know, pretty much any team, especially Qatar and Senegal, are capable of tying them. Um, I mean, it may be the case that Netherlands romps through because they've done that before, but um, I think each game is likely to be quite competitive and it could be a group where the margin from first place to last place is actually not as going to be that great um, compared to other groups. I, I think this one will be, will be tight um, kind of all the way through. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I, I want to maybe uh, bring the discussion to a close by asking if you think the order of games uh, is a factor here. Um, I think it could be. I think it always can be. Um, and, and probably if there is an advantage to be gained, it's from, you know, hopefully in your last game, you're playing someone who is perhaps out of it or already advanced. Um, so in that case, if, if Netherlands do happen to win their first two games against Senegal and Ecuador... You know, they could go into that game against Qatar, perhaps with the ability to rest some of their top talent, um, which could give Qatar a bit of an edge. Um, do you see it the same way? Uh, definitely. I think uh, Qatar has the luckiest grouping there because, uh, you know, Netherlands will be anxious to win their first couple of games. You never know what's going to happen against the host. So I think uh, I think they'll be pushing to to see themselves through in two games. And Ecuador and Senegal uh, is almost sure to be, um, you know, a battle. I doubt I'll, either of those teams will be out by that point. Um, yeah, uh, just, yeah, just a word on Ecuador. Um, I mean, they're a competitive team, and how they got here is not to, not to be dismissed. They got here ahead of Colombia and Chile and Paraguay and some other really good teams. Uh -huh. um, however, I, I think... Um, as we've seen in past World Cups, getting to the World Cup is an achievement, especially in a difficult uh, South America grouping. Um, but I don't really see them being among the top 16 teams to really advance. I think they'll be competitive, yeah. as they've proven in every World Cup they've been in so far. You know, they haven't gone home with no points. They, they do get draws and occasionally wins. Um, but I think kind of their, their typical place of a group stage exit is what we'll see here. Yeah, that thought struck me actually as I was saying it is that possibly Ecuador could be going into the third game, uh, third game with no points. So I'm glad you jumped in there. Um, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see. We kind of have to see how the first two games play out, uh, but they can have a big influence, as you say, if some of the teams are coming in with no points or with uh, having already secured advancement. Uh, okay, well, uh, I don't really have anything to add. Uh, how about you? I know you've been squirming uh, to avoid giving a, uh, a prediction here, but I'm, I'm going to pin you down. Lay it on me, Connor, unless you have something to add to the discussion. Give me a prediction, man. I'm going to go with Netherlands in first place. Um, I'm actually going to give the edge to the host Qatar. I think they'll advance um, in second place. I think Senegal will be third and Ecuador will be last. Uh, okay, well, that is bold indeed, but uh, it does kind of uh, favor the hosts who, as you say, only one host has ever failed to path. 
so that would uh, keep up that record. I got to say, when I when I wrote it down, I've been kind of all over the place. So I predicted Netherlands first, um, although I, I I do see the possibility of them lapsing. Um, I'm going to pick Senegal second and Qatar third and Ecuador uh, fourth. I think both Qatar and Senegal and, and Ecuador to that matter too, will see this as a real opportunity, um, you know, to get through and to really achieve something great. I mean, it's not probably the toughest of all groups, yeah. um, but it's going to be competitive, but it could be a real opportunity for one of these teams to perform very well and uh, kind of ride a wave into the round of 16. Yeah, it is a real opportunity because, as you say, there's no kind of real top team here. So those uh, those teams behind the Netherlands will be uh, kind of uh, hungrily eyeing that second place spot as a rare opportunity. All right, well, that brings us to the uh, end of the podcast. And thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, those who are unfamiliar with our podcast might want to keep listening for some information um, on some of our previous uh, series. But if you're turning off now, goodbye, and we'll hope you'll tune in to our next in the series. Yeah, we are Soccer Files Canada, and this is the International Soccer Preview. And as Connor said, we'll stay on the line here to uh, give a little bit more information. But if you're signing off now, hope to see you in our next uh, in our next media cast. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, uh, for the listening, we've done nine different series of podcasts if you're interested in a deeper dive. Uh, Some of the information may be dated, but some of the histories focus on different aspects of the team histories, so it can help you to get to know teams more intimately. Yes, as mentioned, this is our 10th series, and we have done at least one series on every region except Oceania. We have files for that region too, and we'll do one down the road so as not to leave them out. But let's go region by region. Uh, Right. So Europe, our first series was a group by group podcast on the teams of Euro 2020. Uh, That was played in the summer of 2021. And uh, for South America, we also did a group by group podcast on the teams in Copa America 2021. For North America, we have done three series on CONCACAF. The first was a group by group podcast on the teams in the 2021 Gold Cup. That included a look at Qatar. The second was a preview of the eight teams in the final round of World Cup CONCACAF qualifying. That came with our first player series where we went team by team through the players. The third was an update halfway through that qualification. Yes, and for uh, Asia, we did a group by group podcast on the 12 teams in the final round of World Cup qualifying. And that included a deep dive into each team's World Cup qualifying history. We have done three series on African teams. The first was a group-by-group podcast on the 24 teams in the 2021 African Cup, played in early 2022. The second, done around the same time, was a team-by-team series on the players for each of those teams. Third and finally, we have recently concluded a series on almost all teams in Africa, a group-by-group examination of the 12 qualifying groups for the 2023 African Cup. This included a deep dive into their African Cup history, which was quite extensive. This provides a look into some of the lesser teams that rarely even qualify for the African Cup. Right, and we realize that not everyone is interested in the level of detail that we go into. 
So starting from that series, the 2023 African Cup series, uh, we're editing our media, media casts into shorter versions. Uh, generally, for groups and teams, this will just be a summary, uh, a summary uh, and discussion segments of the longer podcasts. And for the player, uh, the player ones, just the sections on the squad's overall strength and a list of the uh, main players that we expect to reach the competition. So uh, that's usually two or three groups per episode. Yes, otherwise each long version of the series contains a deep dive into the matter at hand. So if it's African Cup qualification, for example, it's a deep dive into the team's history of African Cup qualification. Or if it's the World Cup qualification, a deep dive into each team's history in qualifying for the World Cup. Right, and all of those podcasts can be found in our library at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. That's soccerfiles with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And uh, we also provide a link to our website and other relevant material in the show notes for each uh, media cast. And in general, uh, to find us, you can type Soccer Files Canada into Google, and uh, it's easy to find your way from there. Or just check out the show notes for this or any of our media casts, and it'll be easy to navigate uh, from there. Okay, see you in our future media casts.